0: Good evening everybody, uh, hope all of you are doing well. We're going to start a brand new series this uh, evening. It's going to be called uh, How To. Uh, for those of you who were here the last couple of weeks or last week especially, uh, we gave you an opportunity for you to ask us certain questions. You could, uh, there were different questions submitted by uh, those of you that are uh, members of the church and also some questions that were submitted to us uh, with people that are connected with us online. And uh, so today, one of the questions we're going to be tackling or one of the questions we're going to be talking about is how to walk by faith in spite of our circumstances. Okay? how to walk by faith in spite of our circumstances. Now, that's a a little long. uh, 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 It's a bit long for a title, so we'll just call it how to walk by faith. But the the person that was asking the question was, "I, I understand, Pastor, that we we're supposed to walk by faith but what, what do we do with the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in? How do we navigate those areas? How do we deal with those issues and how do we continue to walk by faith? So in order for us to answer that uh, now, let me say this uh, to answer that question you can take literally months on end talking about what it means to truly walk by faith it's not something that you learn in 30 minutes or 40 minutes and so what i'm going to do today is that we're going to look at what bible faith is actually or or, or truly about and then how we can start or, or if we boil it down what is it that one of the primary things that we can start doing as soon as you leave service today you can start implementing in the, uh, this principle in your life and you are going to start seeing certain changes in your life. Uh, you can assume that you're walking by faith but if this principle that we're going to learn about is not something that you do uh, and not something that you participate in your life you may not truly really be walking by faith. Okay? So with that being said let's turn to Romans chapter 3 please. Romans Chapter 3 and verse 27. Romans 3, 27. And it says, but uh, where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Everyone say the law of faith. faith. Again, for those of you who are part of our services, especially if you listen to the, the, the series we did on Galatians, this part should make much more sense to you when he says is it by the law of works then he says no it is not by our works but by the law of faith now go to romans chapter 8 romans chapter 8 and we'll read verses 1 and 2 romans chapter 8 and we will read verses 1 and 2 and it says there is therefore now no condemnation everyone say "No no condemnation for those who are in christ Jesus. Again, this should make a whole lot of sense to you once you've studied the book of Galatians. Why? Because now that you're in Christ Jesus, you don't have condemnation. Now you are in Christ Jesus. His righteousness has been now given unto you. And therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Okay. Now, in the previous verse, it talked about the law of faith. Here, it says the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. Now, when the Bible talks about laws, just like we have natural laws. I mean, one of the basic laws that all of us know and all of us experience and all of us participate in is the law of gravity. All right, now you know, you know, you learned it from uh, going to school. And so, if I say, if I leave this object right now, which direction is it going to go in? Down, right? You didn't have to pray about it, no fasting, no divine wisdom needed. You knew if I leave this, it's going down. You don't say, Pastor, I don't know, maybe uh, let me check the time and I'll tell you. Maybe ch- check the date on the calendar and I'll tell you, because on certain days it may go up. You don't say that. Why? Because it is a law. Now that it is a law, it has been established in the natural order of things. So also, what we're understanding is, there are laws in the spirit world. All right. There are laws of the natural world and laws of the spirit world okay now just like for example you guys you know whether you're going to college or whether you're going to the office wherever you're going shopping when you're leaving your house you don't say jesus as i go out today please let the law of gravity work please let it make sure let uh, please make sure that it doesn't stop working today as i go to my office i don't want to fly halfway uh, uh, on my journey you don't pray those kinds of prayers right why because you're expecting it to work all the time right so also we need to understand that the law of faith the law of spirit of life the law of sin and death all of these things are things that are taking place in the spirit and just like natural laws these laws can always be depended on okay now what we, we, we can understand, uh, uh, you know, before we even start talking about how to walk by faith, we need to ask, why do we need to walk by faith to begin with? Why do we need to walk by faith? You see, what we need to understand, every single one of you that are born again, child of God, if you've placed your faith in Christ Jesus, you are not just living in this temporal world. Right now, seated in this church, In Hyderabad, you are also at the same time living in the kingdom of God. You're not just living in India, but you're also living in the kingdom of God. That's why Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 tells us that God has removed us or delivered us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. He did not rescue us from a bad religion to a good religion. He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Now, when we come into the kingdom of God, we have to understand that everything in the kingdom of God operates by faith, right? See, You know, many of you, you know, friends, family members, someone who lives in a foreign land, you know, whatever country it may be. Now, once they go to that particular foreign land, what do they have to do? They need to learn. They need to know the rules, the regulations of how to live in that nation. And what do they do then? They adjust. They change their thinking to that nation. They don't simply say, Well, I was always, you know, I was born in India, my family's from India, so I'll just continue to do things the way I did in India. It's not going to work. Right? So when you move there, you change the way you think according to where you are living. Now, one of the important things that every Christian needs to understand, now you are no longer living in the kingdom of darkness. Now you have been translated to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of light. Now that you are living there, you and I have to learn how to live there. This does not come naturally to us. You've got to train yourself now. Okay? And now when you start learning, one of the first things that we begin to learn about living in in this new kingdom is we have to walk by faith. That's the only way this kingdom operates. Now, Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 11. This is called the faith uh, uh, chapter. And Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 in the New King James. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. All right. now let's look at it in the Amplified version as well. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 in the Amplified. And it says, now faith is the assurance. The confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real facts what is not revealed to the senses. Okay? Guys, can someone uh, move that, please? All right. Uh, So, not revealed to the senses. What you and I have to understand and uh, uh, learn is... As lo- from the time you breathed your first breath, you and I, we have been experiencing and we have uh, grown in the knowledge of how to use our five physical senses and respond according to them. Okay, Now, five physical senses are not our enemy. They're helpful. They, if, if you don't have your five physical senses, you're going to have a tough time living in this world. Okay, But what God says is, Even though you need your five physical senses to live in this world, there is also a different way that you and I can live, okay? There is a superior way there. You don't have to become a slave to the five physical senses, but you can dominate the five physical senses and live by faith, okay? For example, we talked about the law of gravity. There is also such a thing as the law of lift, okay? Or the law, uh, yeah, the law of lift. And and every single time you see an airplane go up in the air, what's happening? It is using the law of lift. So the law of gravity is present, but the law of lift supersedes and goes above the law of gravity that is already in place. Okay? Now, the law of lift was also there in the 13th century. There were no flights back then, but the law was still present. So, during the time of Jesus, there easily could have been an airplane. Nobody built it, but that doesn't mean the law wasn't present. It was there. So, if someone would have built it, you know, in the early 1300s, 1400s, you know, whatever the case may be, they would have had a flight. When someone came to the knowledge of, oh, there is such a thing as a law of lift, now they built airplanes, now they started doing it, and now we don't even think twice about getting on an airplane right before if someone says I am going to such-and-such country they might say are you going to walk are you going to take a, a, a an animal with you are you going to go on on the back of a horse are you going to get on a boat now if I say I'm going to the US none none of you are going to say what boat are you taking right why you know if I'm going to the US I'm going to take a flight right so it's a common thing now here's what I want you to understand from the time you were born all you knew were the 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 laws of this natural world and what jesus is coming and letting us know what we know from the word of god is there is such a thing as the law of faith and the law of faith the the laws of spirit and life the laws of the spirit world are superior to the laws of this natural world okay so if you never know that there is such a thing as the law of lift what's going to happen you will always think for the rest of your life anywhere you need to go you need to use an animal or your bike or your car. That's all you'll know. And you'll think this is what I'm destined to. This is all I can do. If In order for me to go from here to Mumbai all I can do is I can either walk there, I can either take a bike there, I can either ask someone for help, but that's all I know. But now all of a sudden You bring the law of lift now all of a sudden you bring an airplane into into the picture now what happens what was taking me a day what was taking me several days what was taking me overnight now i can get there in an hour all right so also with the laws of the spirit world when you begin to understand that there are such things as law of faith law of love law of spirit and life and when you begin to operate in those laws then you begin to live the life that God has called you to live, or you begin to experience the supernatural life that God has called us to live. Amen? Now, if, 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 if there is such a thing as, as the law of faith, and, and, and if, if faith is what is required, then, then the question is, where do we get faith from? Okay, where do we get faith from? Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Again, a very familiar scripture. Romans 10, 17. It says, so now faith comes. Everyone say, faith comes. comes. Now, if faith can come, that means it wasn't there. Alright? If faith comes, that means it wasn't there. So, if faith can come, that also means faith can go. Alright? So, this is not something that's permanent. It can come, and it can go. Now, faith comes, how? By hearing, and hearing by the word of God okay now it says it comes by hearing it doesn't say it comes by the heard word of God that's why coming to church is important the reason why we come to church is not because we're trying to please God the reason why we come to church is because we are trying to grow in the things of God and every time you pay attention to the word you are getting faith in your life That is the building blocks that will help you build the life in the kingdom of God. See, that's why if you just come to church religiously, sit down for an hour or two hours and leave and you think you've done your part for the week, you missed out. See, you you know, most of you will have a bike or a car or, or some vehicle. When it's time for you to fill up the tank, you don't go and sit in the petrol bunk for one hour and say, okay, I guess it's filled up, time to use it for this week. No, you go to the petrol bunk, you open the cap or lid, whatever you have, and then you pay, you fill up the tank, and then you leave. So if we're supposed to live by faith in the kingdom of God, every single time you come to church, you are supposed to be filling up your faith tank because if faith is coming then faith is going you cannot live on faith that you have once gotten in your life one week ago 10 days ago 10 months ago or whatever the case may be so as you are hearing if you're paying attention to my words right now then what's happening faith is coming into your life faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god now uh, Now, if if we go back to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, go back to Hebrews chapter 11 uh, uh, once again, uh, um, and it says, faith is now the substance of things hoped for. Every single one of you here are hoping for something in your life, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your finances, health, future, whatever it is. Okay, maybe some of you are are hoping for certain things that are intangible, maybe uh, 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 more love in your marriage, more peace in your family, more understanding, more joy in your family, intangible stuff, but that that are really important for you and, and for any person. Now, there are also some of you that are hoping for certain tangible things. Maybe you need a bike for uh, transportation. Maybe uh, you're hoping to buy a a car for your family. Maybe you're hoping to buy an apartment or a house for your family. Whatever the case, right? So there are certain things that are intangible, certain things that are tangible. Whatever it is that you are hoping for, the Bible says faith is the substance of the things that you're hoping for. Whatever it is that you're hoping for, it is a picture of a preferred future, of a reality that you cannot experience right now. You're hoping for it's It's, it's like a blueprint. Every see, if, if you want to build a house, what's the first thing that you do? You get a blueprint. You see how the layout's going to be. Now, if someone comes and you can say, hey, that's my house. But you can't live in that right now. You can't live on that paper. You can't take a shower in that paper. Right? And so, in order for you to actually live in that, what do you need? You need some cement, you need some sand, you need all the construction material that you do that, that you need to build a house. So here it's saying faith is the substance. It is the building blocks, in other words, of the things that you are hoping for. Now, if 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 you only stop with hope. That's not walking by faith yet. Many Christians stop with hope. There there are things that they're wishing for in their life. There are things that they want to see happen in their life. But they've not not added any faith to it. And they they can assume, Pastor, I'm walking by faith. Why? Because I'm hoping for something, and every time I come to church, I ask God for it, and I pray for it. But that's, that's not faith yet. That's not the substance that you need, or, or that's going to help you build the life that you want to build. So faith is the substance of the things that you're hoping for, and he says it is the evidence of things not seen. You see, in in the amplified, it says it is the title deed. It is the confirmation. See, when you buy something in in, in an electronics shop or something, you buy a washing machine or a large tv or something or a refrigerator you can't put it in your car and take it so what do they give you they give you a confirmation slip now if they give you a confirmation slip what does that mean that means you've already bought it so if someone calls you and say hey did you buy your tv even if it is not in your house what do you say yes i got it why because you have the confirmation it is proof of that something belongs to you Our confirmation and our building blocks, our faith comes from the word of God. Because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So your faith, your building blocks need to come from the word. In other words, write this down. No word, no faith. No word, no faith. If you, you can come to church, you can do all the Christian things, but if there is no word in your heart, there's no faith in your heart. All you've got is wishing, all you've got is some hoping, but there is no faith to build the life that you're hoping to build. Okay, so there has to be the word of God that is coming into your life to build the life that you want to build. So, what is it that you're hoping for? Even... Every single thing, that, whether it's in your finances, whether it is spiritually, whether it is socially, relationally, whatever the case may be, the answer for all of those things is by faith. Think about it. How did you develop your relationship with God? It was not by the law of works, as we've read, but by the law of faith. It is only by faith, having faith in the word of God. In other words, write this down. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Now the question is, what is the will of God? What is the will of God? The word of God is the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. For example, how did you get saved? How did you have faith to get saved? Only because someone preached the gospel to you. Someone came, told you about Jesus, that He died for your sins, that He can wash you clean, and when you put your trust in Him, that you can have eternal life. So what happened? The Word of God came into your life. Along with that came the faith that is required. Now when you had that faith, now that you knew the will of God, if nobody ever came and told you that Jesus died for you and that you can have eternal life through Him, would you be saved today? Why? Because you wouldn't even know that there is such a thing as getting saved. You wouldn't even know that there was such a thing as Jesus who came and died on the cross for you. So when the word of God came, the will of God was illuminated in your life. When the will of God was illuminated in your life, faith came. And when that faith came, now what did you do? You believed in your heart and you confessed out of your mouth and then... Your salvation became a reality in your life. Now, what is the law of faith? Simply put, it is believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. What is it that you're believing and what is it that you're speaking? If you examine what you're believing, if you can examine what you're speaking, you can know if you're walking by faith or if you're walking by sight. At the the core of walking by faith, at the basic level, you've got to know what you believe. You've got to check what's coming out of your mouth. See, how did you get saved? You believed with your heart and you confessed out of your mouth. Okay, now turn with me to uh, 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 Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, or make a note of this for, for time. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It doesn't say that, that, that God's going to control your life and death. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's see Let's see how everything was created. Most of you already know this. But Genesis chapter 1, and, and uh, starting from verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Alright, let's see how he made them, how he created them. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering upon the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. In the Hebrew, in which the language in which the Old Testament was written, it says, and God said, light be, and light was. Okay? Now, there are things that God was hoping for. There were things that he wanted to create. And how did he create? By the words that he spoke. Here's what I want you to understand. What was spoken back then is still creating today. That's why scientists tell the universe is expanding at the speed of light. Once spoken, the word of God is still creating and still performing. And here's what it says. I want you to take a look at verse 2. It says, And the Spirit of the Lord, uh, uh, of God, was hovering upon the face of the waters. Now, the Spirit of God was present, but nothing happened until the word was spoken. The Spirit of God was present, but nothing happened until it was spoken. Even in your life, there are things that have been dormant, and they're just waiting for someone to give voice, to the promise of God in your life they're waiting on your word to move and bring to pass what God has promised you in his word see how did salvation again I I, I keep coming back to that because that's the most basic thing that everyone should understand why how did you get saved the promise of God was dormant in your life how did you bring life to that promise? How did you become a, 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 someone that experienced the reality of that promise? You believed in your heart. You confessed with your mouth. And then it became a reality. Words spoken, words filled with spo- uh, faith spoken out of your mouth will help you create the life and destiny that God has for you. That's how we're supposed to walk by faith. And every single time, again, this is the... the, the Well, let... let, let Oh, there, let, let me take it uh, step by step. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. So we understood what faith is. Faith is the substance. It's the building block for our lives. And now we've understood how to obtain that faith. Now, we get it by the word of God. It does not, fa- You let me say this, you will not get faith by praying. I don't care how many hours you pray, you're not going to get faith by praying. Am I against prayer? Absolutely not. Everyone are supposed to pray. Every one of us are supposed to fast. That's why Jesus said, when you fast. He didn't say, if you fast. He said, when you fast. That means He's expecting us to fast. Well, I have nothing against fasting. I have nothing against praying. But... Thinking that prayer is going to give you faith is a wrong assumption. See, These things are important to be understood because if we we live on assumptions that we've gotten through what other people say or, or what culture says or what religious ideas we grew up with, we're going to miss the target. We're going to miss the life that God has called us to live. All right, so let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, L- look at verse 13. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, everyone says same spirit of faith. He says, the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. So we also believe and therefore speak. Now, Paul there is specifically writing about David, King David. So he's, he's actually, he's quoting a psalm and he's saying, We have the same spirit that the King David had. He said, King David believed and he spoke. And he says, we also believe and we speak in our lives." That's why when you read his Psalms, uh, 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 most of the Psalms, it is David's declaration of what he believes. Now, there are also Psalms where he's frustrated, where he's confused, where he's in turmoil and all of those things. But also, when you think about the most well-known psalms, like Psalm 23, 27, or 91, they're all declarations of what he believes in his heart about the goodness of God in his life. And so he's saying, we also have the same spirit of faith like King David. He says, he believed, and therefore he spoke. And he says, we also believe, and therefore we speak. Go to verse 18 in the same chapter. Verse 18. It says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. Now, that's a weird statement right there. See, most of us will we'll just keep reading through it. But just sometimes when you're reading the Bible, just stop and say like, what? How? Why? Those are good questions to ask when reading the Bible. Okay? You don't have to be afraid of asking those questions. Now, he says while we he says do not look at the things which are seen but he says look at things which are not seen how do you even look at things which are not seen that's a good question right so he says so so let's continue he says, for the things which are seen are temporary everyone say temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal Eternal. now so paul is letting us know how we're supposed to walk by faith if you actually read the entire chapter you get a better picture but again for time In verse 13, we saw, he said, we have the same spirit of faith as David. He believed and therefore he spoke. He says, we also do the same. We believe and therefore we speak. We declare the promises of God in our lives. Now he continues. And then when he gets to verse 18, he says, hey, by the way, we don't look at things which are seen. In other words, the way you really want to read that is you don't rely just on your five physical senses. You don't rely on what the circumstances are telling you, but things which are not seen. For example, if you are in a family, again, let's say you are in a family situation, you want to experience the peace of God. You don't see it in your life. All you see is fighting right now. All you see is misunderstandings. All you see is trouble in your family. That's what you can see. What Paul is saying is, don't look at that. But rather, look at the unseen. Look at what you're hoping for. What is it that you're hoping for? Peace. Right? What is it that you're hoping for? Joy. Now, where do you find those things? In the word of God. So what is he saying? He's saying, don't look at the circumstance. Start looking to the promise. To Jesus, when he lived on this earth, he said, Peace I give unto you, not as this world gives, do I give unto you now that means that's that's jesus speaking out of his mouth that means it's a promise to you he just doesn't say empty words that's why jesus said i only say what i hear my father say i only do what i hear my or see my father do So he's every single time he says something, Jesus is conscious of the words that are coming out of his mouth. Jesus is conscious and he only says things that are in line with the will of the Father for his life. And if Jesus is our example, guess what? Our words have to be in line and in agreement with the will of God for our lives. Where do we find the will of God again? From the word of God. So he's saying, so, so you see trouble. But Jesus said he gave you his peace. What kind of peace is this? This is the kind of peace where you sleep in a boat and a tornado, a storm arises and you're still fast asleep. This is the kind of sleep where your friends wake you up and say, and your disciples wake you up and say, don't you care that we are perishing? And you stand up, you're not shocked by the size of the waves, but you speak to the waves that's the kind of peace he's talking about and he's saying that's the kind of peace i give unto you that means we have that kind of peace in us so what paul is saying is don't look at the fighting and the confusion and the frustrations that are taking place in your family you can see those things but don't see those things now what is it that you cannot see i can't see peace right now peter or paul i can't see joy in my family paul he says all right look unto those things why because they are eternal he says whatever you're seeing it is temporary in your life now that should bring so much joy so much uh uh, thanksgiving has to flow out of our hearts when we hear that why that means any negative report that you've received from the doctor you can see it that means it's temporary any uh, financial report you've gotten from your office or from your bank account you can see it and guess what that means it is temporary any kind of report that you've gotten from your family members you can see it you can feel it you can taste the bitterness you can that means it is temporary in your life now what is eternal the things of god are eternal the promises of god are eternal that means faith is eternal that means joy is eternal that means peace is eternal everything that you're hoping for is eternal and when you start trusting in those things more than you're focused on the circumstances paul says you've got to change what you believe because when you change what you believe then the words that come out of your mouth are going to change as well you believe in your heart and you confess out of your mouth that's why in mark chapter 11 uh, and, and quickly put that up on the screen please mark chapter 11 and and verse uh, 23, again, a very well-known scripture, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He, he curses the fig tree, and they're astonished that the fig tree that he's cursed to. That means he spoke to an object, and it obeyed him. And they're surprised by it the next day. And so when they're surprised, Jesus looks back at them and he says, wait, this is just a fig tree. Don't be surprised at this. Guess what I'm going to tell you. He says, For assuredly I say to you, Whosoever says to this mountain. Now people say, Well, it was probably not really a mountain. It says, Whosoever says to this mountain. It means a mountain. Alright? So, he just finished talking to a tree. He looks at them and he says, Not just the tree. If you say to this mountain, Be thou removed... And be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. In other words, there's belief in his life. He says, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatsoever. Everyone say whatsoever. Okay, there is a whosoever, and there is a whatsoever. In this verse. How many whosoever's in this place? Okay, some of you are a little bit doubtful. Every one of you are a whosoever. Okay, that means he's saying anybody. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have a Ph.D. in theology. None of those things. He says whosoever shall say unto this mountain, and he says whatsoever you say, if you believe in your heart and say whatever you say, it will happen. Now, here's another thing that, that I want you to pay attention to. He uses he, he the importance of Jesus. The the, the, the the importance that he places in us are, are the words that we speak. He uses the word, how many times can you uh, uh, see the word say or say Three times. You see the word believe once. So if you're talking about ratios, believe is to speaking is one times three. Or one is to three. That means you need to be talking three times as much as whatever you believe in your heart. Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. When you're tired, speak it again. When you're tired again, speak it some more. See, when when the Bible says faith comes by hearing, it's not just hearing. Do you know you are the best preacher in your life? Not your favorite preacher on YouTube. You are the best preacher for your life. You believe your words way more than you believe me. You believe yourself, you believe your words way more than you believe me. See, that's why the more you begin to confess the word of God and declare the word of God, faith is coming into your heart. Every single time you say certain things, you are believing it. And so he says, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed. And what what, what should he believe? But believes those things which he says. See, it's not just repeating things like a parrot, but it is, do you believe the things that you are saying? That's why salvation, you believe in your heart and then you confess out of your mouth and that becomes a reality in your life. Go to Joel chapter 3, Joel, the book of Joel chapter 3 and verse 10, Joel chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, uh, uh, beat your uh, plowshares into the swords and your uh, uh, purging hooks into the spears. Let the weak say, everybody, let the weak say, I'm strong. Now, this is God's word and he says, let the weak say I am strong. You might say, isn't that lying? Aren't we lying when we say that? Here's the thing. When you agree with the word of God, when you agree with what God says about you, you are not lying. Everything that is happening in your life that is contrary to the word of God is a lie. The world has convinced us that that's the truth. When that's the lie. The lie is not the word of God. The lie is anything that is opposing the word of God in your life. Anything that you're experiencing in your life that is contrary to the word of God is a lie and it does not have a right to stay in your life. And you have the authority to kick it out. That's the authority that God has given to you and to me. See, when, that's why when, when God spoke to Abraham, he changes his name first. He says, Abraham, Abraham to Abraham. He says, I'm calling you the father of many nations. I'm changing your identity. I'm changing your, who, who you are. I'm changing your name. Now when he says that, he didn't, he didn't start having kids left, uh, left, right, and center in his house. They barely had one. They, everywhere he went, just him and Sarah. They go to their friend's house. The kids are playing. And all the families get together, everyone has kids and just two of us. And yet, God calls him the father of many nations. They go to a restaurant, table four, or just table for two. I don't have kids. Right? But in the eyes of God, he's the father of many nations. And the promise was fulfilled, and, but here's what I want us to know. In the eyes of God, God looks at you through the lens of Jesus Christ, who you are in Christ Jesus. So for example, even when it comes to your righteousness, He does not look at you like a sinful person. He looks at you as someone that is righteous. Why? Because he views you and sees you in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the Word. And so what's happening? Every time God sees you, every time he views at you, he sees you only through the Word. So, for example, there there might be someone and, and you're suffering with some kind of sickness in your body. Do you know when God sees you, He only sees you as a healed person right now? So every single time you open up your mouth and you say, By His stripes I was healed. And if I was healed in the past, I am healed today. When you declare that, guess what? God doesn't look at you and say, why is this guy lying? He only sees you declaring the truth. Everything that you're getting from this world is a lie, it does not comply to the word of God, and that's why again renewing the mind is so important. That's why it says, Take every false, take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience, bring it to the obedience of God. He says, take every thought captive that means what that means you have the authority to do that that means you have the capacity to do that so that you know ideas don't just have to go keep going wild in your in your mind every single thought you can take captive and you bring it under the obedience of god so what happens you get a negative report from the doctor you're scared the mind is going in 10 different directions what if i die what if this happens what if that happens who'll take care of my kids what about my husband? What about my wife? Blah, blah, blah. All of these things. What are, you, what are you supposed to do? Take those thoughts captive. Bring it to the obedience of Christ. What does Christ say? That he died on the cross for you. And by his stripes you were healed. So every one of those thoughts, you bring it to the obedience. That's how you begin to walk by faith. So, you need to know what the word says. So that you can have faith. And once you get that, you believe with your heart and begin to confess out of your mouth. Here's the thing, and if you're taking notes, write this down. Your words should be in line with what Jesus has done for you. Not just when you're in church, by the way. Not just when you're in church, by the way. Everywhere you go, it doesn't matter who you're talking to. Your words should be in, in line or in agreement with what Jesus has already done for you. your words should remind you of who you are in Christ your word should remind you about who you are in Christ because here's the thing the devil the the world will remind you about everything o- o- opposing to that and you have to continue to walk by faith so your word should be in line with what Jesus has done for you your word should be uh, your word should remind you of who you are in Christ and finally Your faith-filled words create the desired future that you're hoping for. Your faith-filled words create the desired future that you're hoping for. See, even when you're making these confessions uh, from the confession sheets that we have, your confessions shouldn't make you conscious of the confessions. Your confessions need to make you conscious of who you are in Christ. Your confessions need to make you conscious of what Christ has done for you. That's the point of confessing, confessing the word of God. And so the more you begin to believe, the more you begin to confess, now what happens? The cycle has started in your life. Every single situation, every single circumstance, the way, here's what needs to happen. The way you once used to respond to certain things shouldn't be the same for the rest of your life. The storms that would disturb you at one point shouldn't be disturbing you anymore. The battles that you that, that used to keep you awake all night shouldn't keep you awake all night. Why? Because you're walking by faith. Which means you're not walking by the five physical senses. Which means that you have made a decision. It all starts with a decision. It means you have made a decision that says, i am going to trust in the word of god more than i trust in my five physical sense amen amen so how do we walk by faith in spite of the circumstance we walk by faith by believing and by speaking by believing and by speaking by believing and by speaking every single day every single moment every single opportunity every single situation amen Amen. let's pray father we thank you we thank you Lord for speaking to us we thank you for teaching us Lord about how it is that we can walk by faith and not by sight father I pray for every single person here I pray that they will be um, moving in directions, Father, in their life that are based on your word and not based on what the world says. And I pray and I declare, Father, that every single person here will begin to walk by faith like never before, and that they will see supernatural things begin to take place in their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.